It's so good to have you in church today. If you're here for the first time, we want to give you a warm welcome. We so much want to connect with you because we think that God is worth it and you're worth it. You know, I don't know what you think, but do you think things have changed over this last year? Do you think what used to be normal isn't normal any longer? I don't know about you, but it seems like things have changed. I was looking, you know, thinking about my granddaughter, and she already knows how to use an iPad, and she's two. And I'm thinking, wow, when, when Kathy and I were two, we, we had a stick and a hoop to, to kind of play with. Or, well, Kathy did. I was a bit more modern than that, you know. But, uh, you know, like things have really changed in, in our generation, and, and some of us are thinking, I don't like the changes. If I came back to your house, I wonder what's normal for you. I wonder if I, if I came and, I, and I'd think, oh, this is not what I would normally do, and, and things would be really different for you. In fact, that whole idea of what's normal has really gone out the window, and I want to ask you, I wonder what is normal? When I was little... I used to stuff some rags full of other rags and I used to get a paper plate and and draw a face on it. I used to tie string around the rags and make two legs. I used to get some old jeans or what have you. I used to fill it up and make like a, a little dummy effigy and I used to sit on the corner going, penny for the guy, penny for the guy. Now some of you have no idea what I'm talking about, do you? Raise your hand if you have no clue what I'm saying, right? now. What we used to do in England is we used to make little effigies. This is how pagan we are. And then burn them on a fire on on this day. I don't see many people out doing penny for the guy anymore. Do you? It's all gone, hasn't it? Normal's changed. Normal's changing. You know, you ever wonder what's on somebody's mind? You know, you look at a dog, by the way, and on a dog's mind is, oh, you feed me. How can I serve you, master? You know, you look at a cat, and a cat goes, how are you doing today, servant of me? <laughs> you know, I wonder what's on the Lord's mind. I wonder what's normal for him. I wonder what the normal Christian life would be. Watchman Nee, in the 1970s or something, wrote a book called The Normal Christian Life. And I read that book and I thought, wow, I wonder if that is really normal. Because when I think of when we, what we think normal is for us in the Lord, we probably would err on the side of comfort and caution. We probably would say to ourselves, well, Lord, it's normal that I have to be perhaps looked after in a certain way. I want to ask you uh, just a couple of questions today, but really I've just got three ideas today that I want to share with you what I think are normal expectations from the Lord. And as we accept these, we can then push through into a productive life for the Lord. You see, normal for early Christians was you became part of the early Christian way And you were kind of signing up to be ostracized and perhaps even going to your death. That was normal. And around some of our our, uh, countries today, 
And one of our church members, Paul Hudson, who is our international mission, missions director, who's preached here a few times, he would say to you, normal in many countries would not be normal here. And perhaps you've got family back home and where things are the normal over there is not the normal here. What's normal? What does the Lord expect? The first idea is, is that the Lord expects and he requires fruit. The second idea is that the Lord has assignments for us. He has definite assignments for you to do. Every single one of you has an assignment sitting over your life. And the third idea is something of what I said last week, and I'll piggyback a bit on what I said last week, is that you will have resistance and opposition. The Lord requires fruit. That's normal. It's normal to be a fruitful Christian. The Lord has an assignment for you. That's normal. It's normal that God has something where he's going to say, would you do this for me? Would you steward this for me? And it's normal to have opposition or resistance. Welcome to normal. Let's look at number one. The Lord requires fruit. Turn to the book of Mark and uh, let's look at chapter 11. Just a couple of verses there. And it's a, a quite an unusual story from Jesus. Chapter 11, verses 12 through 14. This is towards the end of the life of Jesus. And this is towards the time when he was about to be crucified. The next day, as they were leaving Bethany, Jesus was hungry. That's normal to be hungry. Seeing in the distance a fig, tree, a fig tree in leaf, he went out to find out if it had any fruit. And when he reached it, he found nothing but leaves, because it was not the season for the figs. Then he said to the tree, may no one ever eat fruit from you again. And the disciples heard him say it. This passage strikes me as a little unfair, doesn't it? Strike you as a little unfair? That Jesus is expecting fruit and the Bible actually says, but it's not the season for the fruit. I'll tell you all the horticultural things in a moment, but do you realize that Paul said to Timothy, be instant in season and out of season. What we want is all the conditions to be right. What God wants is fruit. So whether it's season or not season, God is going to say to you, I know right now this is a difficult time for you, but where's my fruit? I know right now that this is uh, perhaps when your work schedule has gone ballistic, but where's my fruit? You see, God isn't going to wait on your season particularly. He's just going to say, where's the fruit? Another thing that I notice here is that Jesus' reaction is strong. So this, this tree uh, doesn't have any fruit. What's the big deal? Jesus curses it and it, it never has any fruit again. Don't you think that's a little over the top? Don't you think that's a little strong? Where, where is the love? Where's the grace? Where's the patience? Where's the kind of sense of, oh, give me a chance? And yet we as Christians, we'll keep saying that back to the Lord over and over and over again. 
Jesus is trying to teach something strong. He's teaching something strong about Israel in the first instance of how they are unfruitful. But he's also teaching something strong for us. And this is what he's saying. Fruit is not just desirable, it's required. Fruit is not an option, it's required. The fruit of the Spirit, the fruit of works, the fruit of people is required. And for those of us who want to say, oh, well, it's just not the right time for me, Jesus is going to say, it's required. When I was small, I don't know about you, did you ever play hide and seek? Did you, did you play that in, in India and places? Did you play hide and seek? I was the younger brother of two older brothers. So hear my pain right now. I was always the one who got to be it, you know. And, you know, count up to 3,000 while we hide. You know what I'm saying? If you were a younger brother, why don't we form a small group and we can all sit around saying how hard it was being the younger brother or the younger sister. Is anybody with me? Younger brothers of the world unite, I say. Let's rise up and overthrow those older brothers. But anyway, you would count up to whatever number it was and you would say this. Say it with me if you know it. Coming, ready or not. And sometimes I think the Lord is saying, fruit, ready or not. Coming, ready or not. Stop trying to get all your ducks in a row. I can use the imperfect. I can do anything, says the Lord. In fact, I feel like this is kind of a word to somebody today. I really do. I've been making my notes through the week and I've got all my preparation, but I've been asking the Lord that we do practical, but the prophetic, and I just feel like the prophetic word today is coming, ready or not. God is going to work with you, do some things with you, ready or not. Why are you delaying when God wants to move with you and work with you and to do things through you? We've got to have less of a manicured attitude and start saying, God, would you use me tomorrow? Would you use me today? Lord, just use me. Understand something, though, about the fig tree. Fig trees only produced fruit. They produced fruit first and then with no leaves on, and then the leaves would come to say that the fruit was there. The reason Jesus walked over to this tree was is because it had full leaves and it was making a promise. It was saying, you can pick fruit from me because fruit's here. That was what, if you read up on fig trees, leaves come after the fruit. And also, it has an early season of fruitfulness and a later season of fruitfulness. In fact, some fig trees reproduce three, four, five. There's been one who's reproduced eight different harvests in one tree. But often, they have an early harvest and a late harvest, But what happens all the time is is that that when the, the leaves come out, the fruit is already there. So Jesus walks up to a tree that's making a promise saying, I have fruit. As a church and as Christians, we promise something, don't we? We promise that life can be better. We promise that people can be loved. We promise that we can help 
We promise that Jesus really does make a difference in our lives and that we are different than anyone else. And if we drive into the car park, we can be Christian there, even there. We make a promise about our lives. We're making a promise about life. We believe that people have sinned. We believe that that's broken their relationship with God. And we believe that through Jesus, that relationship can be restored and healed. And that whatever you're going through today, we believe and we promise on the basis on the word of God that you can be forgiven and healed. Is there anybody who's been forgiven and healed in this house today? And so we've got these leaves out saying, there's fruit here, there's something here. As a church, we're making a promise. Do we have the works to back up the promises? Do we have the life that backs up the promises? If somebody came and sought out our tree and looked at our leaves, would they look through the leaves and find no fruit? John chapter 15 verses 2, 8 and 16 says this, He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, whilst every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes it, he cuts it back, so that it will be even more fruitful. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. You did not choose me, says the Lord, but I chose you and I appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit, fruit that will last. And so whatever you ask in my name, the Father will give you. I want to get there with my prayer life, don't you? That I could say, Father... I would like you to bring my neighbors to your son and that the father would say, of course, son, it will be done. I would like to be able to have the fruit and the relationship in my life where whatever I ask, the father says, done. Fruit is not an option. The fruit of character is not an option. It's required. The fruit of works, the fruit of being able to be visibly a Christian is not an option. It's required. The fruit of people It's not an option. It's required. I'm going to show you a film next week uh, from Hacksaw Ridge, and I've had to edit it down because it's so gory and so on. It's something you need to watch in your living room on your own. But um, the very last bit when when, uh, Private Dawson... uh, is saving, is, is coming off the battlefield. He reaches out one more time and saves one last person. You know, when I die, if I'm in a hospital or a hospice, I hope I grab the nurse's hand and say, come with me to heaven. Because the fruit of people is not an option. 
people are lost, hurting and dying. Can you believe what's going on in the news right now? Can you believe it? And we sit back as Christians We need to be speaking into society. We need to be reaching out and showing people there's a different way. Our leaves need to be bright because behind the leaves there needs to be lots of fruit. Church, can I just appeal to you as shepherd this morning? Let's not be so caught up with our own lives that we make a promise and there's no fruit there. The fruit of character, the fruit of works, and the fruit of people. It's not an option, it's required. Our spoke series talks about our own personal health, and some fruit blockers are what's in our soul. We block fruit because of our own soul. We, be, we block fruit when we have unforgiveness in our hearts. And you know that the book of Hebrews says, see to it that no one falls short of the grace of God and no bitter, bitter root grows up to cause trouble and defile many. Don't allow unforgiveness to fester in your heart. Some of you have been hurt. You've been abused. You've been, some of you have been even shouted at in the street. Don't allow that to take root. Bathe that in the love of God. Pray that God will keep your heart light. Some of you, you know, have had parents that have not parented you right. Let Keep offering that up to God until God heals you of it. Keep working on your heart so that your fruit is not blocked by unforgiveness. Some of you get blocked by what we can call is soul ties, where we make someone more important than they need to be in our lives. Their affirmation, their opinion, their, their saying that you're a good person has taken on unusual importance. And of course, sometimes because of our cultural heritage and families are important and fathers and uncles and mothers and brothers, they can, they can sit almost in a throne room in our lives. But times when, uh, as, as parents, sometimes we'll always choose not the hard way for you, but the comfortable way or the way that suits them. And yet Jesus said about his family, who is my mother and my brother, only those who do the will of God. There was something like a separation that needed to happen, even between Jesus and Mary. When, when they were trying to say, don't go the hard way. And, you know, I visited my granddaughter this week and I'm thinking, if I could make life so cozy for you, I would. But that would be wrong. Some of us have got soul ties to people where their opinion is so important, it's blocking the fruit that God has for us. Jesus or it says about Jesus in John chapter 2, verse 25, it says, He didn't need the testimony, any testimony about mankind, for he knew what was in each person. He looked at people balancedly with sober judgment and said, I like it when you encourage me, I need your affirmation, but I am playing to the audience of one first. 
Don't let somebody's opinion of you block fruit that has to come out of your life because sometimes Jesus will give you the hard way because he's trying to grow you. We can block fruit in our lives when we fail to see the Father's love for us. Do you know that you are loved? In fact, you are loved the most that you could possibly be loved right now. I know you don't feel it, maybe, from some people around you, but Father in heaven, when he saw you come to church, did he say, that's my child with my family, I love them. No wonder John says how lavished, how wonderful, and how great the Father's love is for us, that he's lavished it upon us. When God looked at Jesus, he said, I love you so much, you're my best. And he gave you his best. You are loved. Can I bathe your heart with just these words? You know, we use the word love so much. Like, I love Kathy's lasagna. I really do, by the way. Or, I love that TV program. Hope it's not EastEnders. You know, we say the word love so cheaply, but the Father loves you in the most loving and powerful way. Don't block fruit from your life by going, yeah, I think God's okay with me. Okay with you, he adores you. Unforgiveness, soul ties, not realizing how much the Father loves us. It blocks fruit from our lives. I wonder if you just hold your hand out just right now and just And just begin to say, thank you, Father, you love me. Just why don't we turn this to a prayer? Thank you, Father, that you love me. You love me, Father. And so when I'm talking to you about fruit, and fruit is not just desirable but required, if you walk in the Father's love, he's going to just drop opportunities in your life. Some of them will be hard, some of them will be enhancing but all of it will grow you and you'll be just in a great space have you ever done something and you get to the end of it and you go that was great well that brings me on to the second truth that I'd like to say to you today that Jesus sets us assignments a few chapters on go go along in Mark with me to chapter 13 and as he sets you assignments He brings you more and more productive fruit. Jesus says this in Mark 13 verse 34. He's teaching about the end times. In fact, he's teaching about the in-between time, which we are now. He's teaching about how what's normal going to be like. Jesus is calm. He's died on the cross. He's gone to heaven. He's not come back yet. What's the normal in that in-between time? Because, you know, can I announce to you, Jesus is coming. It will happen. The end of the world will come and Jesus will bring everything to an end. What is, oh, did I hear an amen at all? Some things are so big they're always near. But in between time, what's normal? This is what's normal. Mark chapter 13 verse 34. Be on guard. Be alert. 
You do not know when that time will come. It's like a man going away and he leaves his house and puts his servants in charge, each with their assigned task and tells the one, tells the, the one at the door, keep watch. Jesus is describing the normal practice here of what he expects as we move towards the end times. He says that we're in between time and when he comes back, the normal mode of existence is that you have an assignment in his house, in his kingdom, in his church, in your life. The normal thing is that he's gone away and he said, will you do this for me? And those assignments may change through life, but if you think to yourself today, I don't know what I'm doing for God, that's not normal. The normal thing is that he leaves you something to do, a neighbor to pray for, a a child to disciple, a church to support. It's something normal to have an assignment. You see, we see everything in terms of relationship. And I've just been talking about the Father's love. And quite rightly, we should emphasize our relationship with God. But everything we do comes out of that relationship. And we do serve out of that relationship. But we cannot escape the reality that we have a task to complete. How many of you would go to university and the only thing you do is build a relationship with your lecturer? Wouldn't you ever have to do an assignment to show your lecturer that you've received from him or her? Uni students are used to having assignments, surely, that have to be in on a certain date. And we couch everything as as Christians in terms of, I just want to have a relationship with you, God. And God's saying, I like the relationship. I've died for the relationship. Now, out of that relationship, can you do something? Jesus clearly says here that everyone in the house gets an assignment. You've been set an assignment if you live in Birmingham You've been set an assignment to work in your church, to work in your community, to work at work, to reach out to people there, to love your street, to bless your neighbors. Paul said, as soon as he was knocked off his donkey, he got up and the Lord, and he, and the Lord said, go to Damascus and you'll be told that which you have been assigned to do. If you don't feel like you have an assignment in God, that's not normal. The word assignment here in this scripture means to set in order. It means to arrange everything as it should be. And just to say, God wants to bring all chaotic lives into order. In fact, God can't bless chaos. Right from the beginning of creation... The Holy Spirit hovered over the chaos and began to bring it into order. If you have a chaotic life, God is going to bring it to order so that he can put blessing in it. He has an assignment for you. You know, I feel like I, I kind of should just come into land at this point, but just briefly, can I just say that in your fruit bearing, in your assignment, 
there will be opposition. And as we read last week, as when Nehemiah was building the wall, they said things like, will they finish in a day? Can they bring stones back to life from these heaps of rubble? What are they building? If even a fox climbs up on it, it will break down. And opposition will always be sarcastic about your progress and will always tell you that, oh, it will make unrealistic targets. Will they finish in a day? What are they up to? But you know, God has perfect timings in your life. So in saying that we have assignments, look at the flow of this message. Talk to you about how much Father loves you, but you have to put a little ingredient of doing an assignment in there. But now let me just minister to you that that the Bible says that God makes everything beautiful in his time. So if you're praying for your neighbor, don't you be saying, oh, it's my fault, it's my fault. God makes everything beautiful in his time. You just stay on the assignment. So let me say to you, don't let somebody say to you, oh, you've not finished yet. So what are you mucking about, Adam? Put on fleshly and unworldly pressure upon you. Opposition will always tell you that your current situation is too bad and you can't restore it. Can these bring these stones back to life, these heaps of rubble? But you know, I have found one of God's specialities is to bring things completely back to restoration, don't you? It's almost like he says, give me the most messed up life and I'll make something beautiful out of it. Don't you agree? Yeah, come on, let's give the Lord praise. Because I think I'm talking about my life. Man, if you'd have known me before I was a Christian, you wouldn't have wanted me as your pastor. In fact, I don't really think that you would have seen that in me. I think it's only God. I'm so grateful to him. It's such a privilege. Isaiah says, your people will rebuild ancient ruins and raise up age-old foundations and you will be called repairer of broken walls, restorer of streets and dwellings. God specializes in restoration. You're not too far gone today. Come on, worship team. The last thing the opposition always says is this. They won't last. It'll say if a fox even climbed up on your wall, they'll break it down. But you know what? Jesus said he would build the church and even hell wouldn't break it. And it won't break your life. There are three normal things that you have to accept. Please stand with me. We're going to just worship for a few moments. Three normal things. The normal thing is, is that you have to have fruit. And I want to minister to your soul today because your soul can be a fruit blocker. You can have lots of leaves, lots of promise. I go to church, I I do this, I do that, but where's your fruit? The normal thing is, is that fruit comes, character, works, people. I, I just feel like some people have been praying for somebody for a long time. And you just need to stubbornly come out to the front and pray for them one more time and say, 
I am not going to give up. I am being faithful to this prayer burden. In fact, if that's you, why don't you just leave the seat where you're standing now? You're just stubbornly saying, this hasn't changed for a while, but I am not giving up. I'm just being faithful. Is there anyone else? And God will honor your faithfulness. Eventually, that fruit will come. Amen? That fruit will come. And God has got an assignment for you. And that's normal. If you're not clear or you would like to know what your next assignment is, why don't you leave the seat where you're standing and just come and say, God, I am willing to go on a new assignment. I am willing to have my present assignment clarified or empowered. But if that's you, why don't you just leave the seat where you're standing and just say, God, I am willing to be on assignment for you. Is there anybody in the house where you want to say, it's normal, it's normal to say, what is your assignment for me, Lord? And lastly, can I just say, there'll always be resistance. And if you're standing in opposition right now, and you feel like things are tough, Why don't you just come and join with your family and admit that and say, hey, I need some prayer and I'm going to stand. Having done all, I'm going to stand. Just leave the seat where you're standing and we just want to pray with you. Thank you, Father. Fruit. Assignment. Opposition. These things are normal. Can I tell you some other normal things? Being filled with the Spirit, it's normal. Having His joy, it's normal. Being able to see God at work in your life, it's normal. Having answered prayer, it's normal. Amen. Seeing God move and work in our lives and in the lives of the ones around you, shout it out with me, it's normal. Stop living a subnormal life. One more time. Fruit is normal. Assignment is normal. And in the name of Jesus, we rebuke you, Satan, in all opposition. In Jesus' name. What we're going to do is I'm going to ask the prayer team just to come and join us and some of the elders just to come and join us. And uh, maybe if you're a small group leader, come and join us. And, but let's all just worship together for a few moments, shall we? And would you just lift your hand with me? And I want to lead you in a prayer. Would you just pray this with me? Lord Jesus, say it out loud with me. Lord Jesus, I want to live a normal life. Father, I pray against any substandard lives in our church. I pray against any substandard expectations. I pray that you will save and bless people in Jesus' name. 
And I want to cast out the net today. And I want to say to you, if you're here and you're not sure that you're a Christian, if you died tonight, you're not sure whether you'd go to heaven. You know, you can make your peace with God today. You can tell God that you're sorry and you can come to Jesus and He will give you a fantastic life, a difficult life at times, but the only life worth living. If you would like to do that, I would want you to be really brave and come and see me at the end of this service. Don't walk out the door, but you take your initiative and say, Pastor Mark, will you pray with me? Because I want to know that I'm going to heaven. Let's all sing together and worship together, shall we?